You are now listening to the Flurry Podcast, hosted by Marquise Rawls. Another episode of the Flurry Podcast, and I'm starting a brand new segment. It's called Get in the Corner. Uh, it's basically a segment where I will talk and kind of bash uh, different boxers who I feel like they have uh, failed to accomplish a task or they did something that is a hindrance to their career or their stock or they just you know do something stupid or maybe they're doing a little too much and they need to be sat down in the corner. So for the first segment of Get in the Corner, the first boxer is Daniel Jacobs. Daniel Jacobs fought uh, Gabriel Rosado uh, Friday on the zone and he clearly lost the fight. And I don't mean lose as in Rosado won more rounds or a Daniel Jacob lost more rounds. I mean in the fact that he was well above Rosado as far as career-wise, as far as his, his stock in boxing, as far as the power and pull that he has within the sport. But why is he punching so low? Doesn't make sense to me. He said that him and Rosado, they have, you know, a little bad blood, a little bad tensions, and that Rosado trash-talked his way into a fight, but you're too big to even be listening to little noise coming from a little little barking chihuahua. No disrespect to Rosado, to Rosado, but the guy was 25 and 12. Like, come on. 25 and 12. Yeah, he's tough. I understand that, but your record says it all. So Dane Jacobs should not have taken the fight, and then he comes into the fight and you put on that piss-poor performance... Shame on you. Get your ass in the corner. Get your motherfucking ass in the corner because you go into the fight and you literally almost did nothing. I'm going to read the stats of the fight, okay? Total punches landed for Daniel Jacobs. 78 out of 339 for 23%. That's it? 78 punches, that's... That's way less than 10 punches around. If my math is even correct, that's like seven punches around he landed. Whoa, like what? What is going on? And I'm even looking at the punches that he was throwing per round. He was averaging to around like 26, 27 punches he was throwing. How are you going to win a fight throwing 25? Who are you, Adrian Brona? So that's that's your new name, Daniel Jacobs. Daniel the Problem Brona. Daniel the Problem Brona. And even Rosado, yes, he's a tough guy, and he was obviously the underdog, but all he literally had to do was just outwork Daniel Jacobs, which he kind of did. Uh, Rosado, he threw 549 punches, and he also landed 78 for 14%. So they landed the same amount, but Rosado was more aggressive, and he outworked uh, Daniel Jacobs. Now, I don't care what the refs say. Oh, they said, oh, Daniel Jacobs, he he won more rounds. You know, he he just looked, looked like he got the sharper jab. His, his hooks were sharper. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a rat's ass fuck about any of that. Daniel Jacobs was punching down to someone who's not on his level. Someone who was 25 and 12. And you didn't beat that guy. But Jacobs, he lost the fucking fight because now you're not going to get a big fight in 2021. If I'm Jamal Charlo and I watch this fight, I'm not thinking, you know, Dave Jacobs, he's a he's a top contender, top name who I got to, you know, go fight. Nope. I'm thinking 
that's what he's gonna bring like against me. That's that's not gonna be a big fight. You're not gonna really pose a threat to me. You think Caleb Plant is watching that performance and he's like, Oh, I gotta fight that guy next. He he he's a real tough guy. No, he wasn't. He's looking at that, wasn't even stopping his microwave. He was still cooking his food, not even paying attention. That's how boring the fight was. Demetrius Andrade, not going to want to come out to America to fight uh, Daniel Jacobs from this performance. Colin Smith, he's not going to want to fight you. Billy Joe Saunders is not going to want to fight you, all based on this one performance. This one performance literally ruined his 2021. Now, I'm not saying that he can't have a good 2021. He could. He definitely could. I think that he still has enough to to get a big fight against one of those big names. But this definitely, 100%, made it more difficult for him. So that's why Daniel Jacobs, you got to get your ass in the corner. Back on track, uh, moving on to the next fight, which wasn't really... Well, no, it kind of was a fight, but, you know, it's not two professional fights. But Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson, I kind of already knew what what was going to happen. I knew Jake Paul, he was going to win because and even though a lot of people, they were rooting against Jake Paul. I think a lot of people like just genuinely don't like him. Uh, I'm not I don't really watch him on YouTube. I don't really have an opinion on him, but. I remember his last fight against um what was that that guy's name that that little short short guy he fought who had the the weird like a jumpy jittery style that he knocked out round one when he fought that guy he did a training camp and was being trained and coached by Sugar Shane Mosley who had him do no lie who literally had Jake Paul do a real professional training camp for ten weeks like a professional boxer. So what makes you think that he just didn't do that same thing again? Or maybe even did it more because he knew, yeah, he's going against a guy who's never boxed before. He's going against a guy who uh, Jake Paul has most experience in the ring with. But you're going against someone who is a little bit more dangerous because he's actually an athlete who's in shape and he's athletic. So he got put a little bit more into it. But I already knew Jake Paul, he he was going to win. Knockout, did I expect a knockout? I kind of did. I didn't think it was that early, but Nate Robinson, uh, don't get in the ring again. Stop it. Don't get in the ring again. You are the biggest meme for the next week. I even posted a couple memes of it because it was funny. Lil Boosie, he made a video laughing and crying, and he said, Apollo Creed. He called you Apollo Creed. If he dies, he dies. But Nate Robinson didn't die, though. He got up. He's good. He's all good. Uh, lived to a dribble another basketball, but hopefully not put on another pair of gloves and get in the ring. So last fight, I'm keeping this one a little short. Uh, last fight was Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. And as much as I love seeing big, exciting fights, I wasn't going... I wasn't going into this fight with that mindset that I would go into watching a Earl Spence versus Danny Garcia or a Terrence Crawford versus Kell Brook or like a like a Tiafema Lopez versus Lomachenko. I was going into this fight knowing that this is a is just a, a fight between two 
uh, veteran legends, Hall of Famers who just had the itch to fight again, but they want to do, you know, a little safe, a little practical, but they want to get back in the ring. And two, it's kind of a money grab. I, that's the mindset that I had going into this fight, so I wasn't expecting much. And overall, man, it's a pretty decent fight. Pretty decent fight. Pretty, pretty, pretty good fight. Okay? Uh, Roy Jones, he, he, Roy Jones being Roy Jones, who at the peak of his career was the greatest boxer in the world. He still has, um, like them little muscle memory twitches about him that, uh, it came into effect that really helped him. But I think what helped him the most was, um, him grabbing and doing a little bit of the inside game. He would like hold and throw like a couple little body shots. I'm on the inside where Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, he tried to go back to to that 1989 Tyson where he coming in, you know, like he put like his gloves like right over his nose and then he comes in head first bobbing and weaving and just throwing big haymakers. He tried to do that and to to some effort, it did work. It didn't work all the way because like I said, Roy Jones, he still has uh, some of the muscle memory twitches about him. He was dodging some. He was, like I said, he was holding. And um, Mike Tyson is nowhere near as quick as he was. So it's kind of easier to see them coming. But it was still a pretty, pretty, pretty good fight. I like it. I would enjoy it. Um, it's 100% a nostalgia fight. And, you know, some some good entertainment. I'm not even mad that they called it a draw because... It's not gonna go into professional records. It's it's just a it's just a, a exhibition fight. It really was no winner or loser, like to be honest. Actually, there was one winner. I read somewhere that they said the winner was Snoop Dogg. People loved Snoop Dogg being a commentator, loved him commentating. So I guess Snoop Dogg was the winner. But as far as Tyson versus Roy Jones. The fans of boxing was the winners. We got to watch two Hall of Fame legends who, theoretically, if they fought at the peak of their prime, the peak, peak of their prime, it might have been one of the best fights in boxing history. So uh, that's it for the Floyd Podcast right now. You were just listening to the Floyd Podcast hosted by Monkeys Rawls. Come back for the next episode or go back and listen to the previous ones if you haven't done so. 